Hello, and welcome to The Foundation, a Parks People podcast, presented by the National Association of Park Foundations. And now, your host and executive director of the National Association of Park Foundations, Kevin Korenthal. Well, hello, and welcome back to The Foundation, a Parks People podcast. This is Kevin Korenthal, the executive director of the National Association of Park Foundations, and I'm so pleased that you have taken the time to join us again for yet another podcast. Before I introduce our guest today, I just want to remind everybody out there in park and recreation land that uh, NAPF will be at the NRPA conference in Dallas, October 10th through 12th. That's 2023, in case you're watching this in the future. Um, But if you uh, are watching this now and it's before that, I hope you'll come out to the NRPA conference and you'll stop by our booth. I don't have a number on me, but we shouldn't be too hard to find. So, uh, excellent experience uh, meeting and talking to people in the parks and rec world that I personally have never had experience with. And I think uh, our next guest um, is one of those people uh, that I'm just so glad has come into my orbit. Her name is Joy Kubler, and she is uh, someone who works with communities uh, on scoping for meetings. So I always like to begin at the beginning, and the beginning began when you were working as a landscape uh, uh, architect and were struggling to get public meetings well attended and successful. Tell us a little about that, Joy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for having me. And um, so, yeah, this this story kind of got started. We were working as a landscape architect. Uh, We had a prime consultant who was an urban planner. And we were doing an entire parks master plan for the entire city. So we were looking at 33 different parks across the entire city. And we had scheduled nine public meetings. And during the course of that project, right, you go out to schedule it to be at a school and a fire hall and, you know, locations that people know how to get to. And over the course of those meetings, we had only five total participants who were not part of the team, right, or part of the municipal leadership. And not five people at each meeting, five people total. Oh, over the course of all the meetings. Over the course of all of the meetings. Oh, okay. And at the, you know, the last night of that, I, I kind of half jokingly, but half not, said, you know, we should have had this meeting at Walmart. The community had just built a brand new Walmart and everybody was going to Walmart. Like everybody in town was there. And the prime consultant looked at me very like, we are professionals, we don't go to Walmart. But the client who is also a certified planner um, and representing the city said, you know, there actually might be something to that. Like going to where people are already at, as opposed to inviting them to come to where you are and then bemoaning the fact that no one comes to participate. So that sort of little light bulb went off and our very next proposal, we wrote that we would not host public meetings in the usual way. And that instead we suggested that public meetings be held at the farmer's market or the Tuesday night concert but also they could be at the little league tournament, or maybe they're at the grocery store where people are already gathering um, as the way to circumvent, oh, people are interested or they have a low bandwidth. They didn't even know that was going on. They forgot about it, or they have to take their kids to someplace. And so this allows that opportunity to kind of go to where people are 
and meet a lot of people, not yeah, so, just the people who are interested. Yeah. So let me jump in here because I mean, yeah. I am a previously a park, actually I'm a parks commissioner, a park board member now again, but I served previously in Santa Clarita, California as a parks and rec commissioner. So I attended a lot of these community scoping meetings and they were very sparsely attended. They were usually some sort of probably around the room would be some architectural renderings of the project. Mm -hmm. And then there'd be four or five people and maybe some light uh, uh, snacks uh, and sodas and water. And that was it. That was always the same way. So Tell go go into now if you could for it what the what your vision was for place yeah. which is the organization under which you were doing this work and how that's different from the common scene that we all experienced yeah. in these scoping meetings right and Kevin I think you you're perfect right back in the day when we started to say let's offer food that'll be enough to entice people to come right <laughs> like thinking that that was going to be enough right. So um, at the same time that that conversation was happening with our project on the ground, I had actually been hiring a team builder for my team, like internal to my structure, not for a project, but for my team. But I was really aware of where he could get us from, we don't know what's going on with our organization, to a, a plan and then even an like consensus and then a plan and implementation. And sometimes we could get there in like one half day session. And it was really similar to the work that these scoping meetings are trying to do, right? Like build, create some ideas, build some consensus and then a direction forward. And I said to him, why, how can you can get us there so fast? And he said, well, the difference is, is that I'm asking you to play. I'm not asking you to solve all these world's problems, right? I'm asking you to play. And in that context, you're able to solve a lot of problems. And so I had this aha moment of melding, going to where people already are and inviting them to play while we are actually figuring out this project, right? And to take it out of the realm of big infrastructure dollars, we better get this right, um, and really have it be a much more playful experience, which allows humans to then go into possibility and exploration and consensus building without all the pressure of we got to get this right. So you basically uh, rebuilt the handbook. I mean, you re yes. rewrote the handbook. Right. Give, give, yes. me some, give us give the listeners some idea of what this play means. Mm -hmm. are we playing. What are we playing? What are we playing? Well, it's 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 team building at its most basic, right? So if you've ever been involved in sort of like a department uh, structure plan or um, like an organizational strategic plan, right? It's It comes from that world, right? So it's rooted at like all the big business schools um, had used the same methodology. And what we've taken then is shifted it is to the world of architecture and design. So one of our games that we started off with, we, and it's just a get to know you game. But we ask the community, right, as we're playing, like what role or contribution would you like to have on this project? And then we use some um, imaging tools where people can have some fast uh, brain, brain nudges, like almost subliminal that they go, oh, yes, based on that image, I would like to let you know that I'm the risk taker. Right. Like if you need something, you need somebody to go to bat for you up out in the city hall or out in the community I'm your person or another person might say, I'm the doing person. Like just you want flyers delivered. You want people to go door to door. I'm your person. 
Now you would be amazed at what happens when you empower people to tell you back how they want to participate. They move, yeah, they move from this isn't about me to I'm an active person in, in this project. Now we might also ask them what success sounds like, hmm. right? Now we think about how success should look all the time, especially as designers or planners, right? We are keyed into the way visuals work. Right. But what if we also measured success on how it sounded? Now we did a tour where we had a very interesting conversation was along a waterfront park. And we invited our participants, community and stakeholders to think about success in terms of sound. And we would walk along different places. And I would say, you don't have to tell me what the sound sound like, just have it in your mind's eye. And at various places, I would ask them, does the sound in your head match this place? And they kept saying, yes, 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 until they all said no at the same time. So now we started to explore, okay, well, what does that mean for you guys? And they got to share that up until now, the place had been an active recreation space, and that's the way they imagined it sounding. And suddenly, they were in a spot that they were like, this is very sensitive. There are frogs here and turtles here. And if we had this place be as loud as it was in my mind, that would ruin this. Hmm. Now, in, in landscape architecture, we would have done that work as site analysis, right? This is an right. ecologically sensitive area. We would have brought it back to the project committee or the community, and they would have said, ah, who cares? Just put it in the park the way you want it. Ah, but you want the public to make this, yes, right. this, this idea first. And when, you, when, when the public figures it out first, the buy-in is there, right? Yes, exactly, okay. right? It's their aha moment. Now, I already knew that, but they needed to yes. have that discovery for themselves. And because we framed it as how would success sound, right? They were inside a game. You know, it's interesting, the, the process that you describe with regard to uh, accessing the uh, initiatives of the public, what, what they want to be involved in and how they envision something, is very simple to the way that NAPF does its strategic planning, which is a process called strategic doing, mm -hmm. uh, which is an ongoing process of once you've got a strategic plan, is to continue to work off that plan bringing new people into your orbit, catching new ideas, mm -hmm. new talents, new assets. Yeah. So I love how you're bringing that to a part of probably the most frustrating part of a public officials, uh, especially in the parks and recreation area, public works area, uh, the process of trying to get the public on board. Yeah. How have you seen that in regard to diversity, equity, inclusion? Mm -hmm. And I ask that because... I also will note that usually a lot of the people that showed up to the scoping, the community scoping meetings would look a lot like me. And I know there are much more diverse people in my community. How come they're not out there? And what were, and what was place uh, able to do to get more of those folks out there at those meetings? Well, and, and Kevin, I think part of that key for diversity is going to where those audiences already are, right? Mm -hmm. You hit it right. The people who have the bandwidth, who have the capacity to pencil that into their calendar, those are not the people who are working two jobs, right? Um, maybe a, a, a single head of household family, maybe kids are after school programs. Um, we need to be at the after school program. We need to be at the 
you know, right before the uh, Bible study courses that are that are really important uh, to some of our community members, right? Working that into opportunities that they are already participating in is where we show up. Now, the trick is how do we show up there and not be interloping into an experience? So we try to work with a community liaison that can help to set up that invitation. They do a little bit of a preamble before we might arrive. And then the games that we're playing are really rooted in creating relationship and belonging, right? So they're essentially trust activities, but it's, it's, it's bigger than that, right? It's a sense of belonging, right? Like we could actually belong to one another. And those activities are very interesting, right? So we had a little tiny girl, eight years old. Well, we had a grandpa, we had a grandpa. And when we ask the questions with the cards, and I'll keep presencing that the cards allow you to be in the game. When you ask somebody with a microphone, like, what do you want to change about your community, right? No, everyone's on the spot, uh, right? And they can't answer. So we give them this tool that they can speak more freely. And our grandpa of the neighborhood said, um, what was missing was not having a shared sense of responsibility throughout the community. And then the second question is, if you could move your obstacle out of the way, what could be possible? And we had this little eight-year-old. And what she said could be possible was forgiveness. Hmm. And she literally said, like, the bad people could forgive us who want to have a safe neighborhood. And we can forgive the bad people because God loves everyone. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned some of the uh, diverse locations that you uh, go to. So I'm thinking a number of the scoping meetings that I've experienced were held at local schools, uh, public mm -hmm. schools. But I'm not sure those public schools were ever made part of the process right. of informing the individuals. And where else are you going to find a more diverse community mm -hmm. than in your public school system? And I'm also thinking you mentioned the churches. I mean, I think the mm -hmm. churches are a fantastic huh? uh, opportunity to uh, find a diverse group. Uh, public clubs mm -hmm. um, is another way not only to find more diverse people, but more affluent individuals in the community that could uh, bring even more folks to the table. How is the place process, uh, uh, how are you working in those particular venues? Well, and I'll go one even further, Kevin. We have done pub crawls. Okay, now you're talking right? my language. Right? <laughs> so, and, and the interesting thing about those spaces, right, is the diversity of the people who would say, that isn't affecting me. It's not in my world, right? But when you actually sit at the bar and have a conversation with somebody and they go, oh, you know what? That really is yeah. impacting me, right? I didn't have it that it was. And now we're in a one-on-one -on -one relationship and we can have kind of like a mini interview and they don't have to worry about like, I went someplace, I did something or I filled something out, right? We're just having a conversation and I took it all down and thank you for having it. And then they'll they turn to other people on the bar. Hey, you got to hear what she's got to say. Get, go down and talk to my friend over there. You really need to hear what they're saying, right? Now, we might also have a similar experience at the at the, the church, right? Or we might have that same type of experience at the local arts and crafts, right? Like the thing that that community does on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday is this quilting the club, whatever it is, right? Because we're at the quilting club and maybe we're even stitching, right? We've got a sense of belonging. They're participating with mm. us. Yeah. So if there's, if I'm a, uh, I'm watching this uh, podcast, 
Um, and I am a, a public official in charge of uh, a major project that we want to bring before the community. We have some drawings. We have some idea of what we want to do here. How does that process start with place? And yes. are you working directly with them? Kind of give us an idea of how that relationship unfolds. Yes, right. And I'm going to say it doesn't even start with drawings. So back up. Okay. Yeah, it's got to back up. Where you lose championship is when you bring them an idea that you already have hmm. right? in their mind do you don't need me you already have an idea right so all this game these games around um what's missing right not having shared responsibility what could be possible forgiveness right we then work from that how do i design for how do i plan for forgiveness to be possible what does that look like, right? So we've got a big park project right now. And the municipal owner said they're handling eight park master plans right now. And our engagement very different, right? So they say, well, you have to have this kickoff public meeting. And then you won't have another public meeting until we're done with design development. And I said, mm -hmm. well, you might not, but I'm going to have like 10 <laughs> between then and now, right? So we were part of a slow roll bicycle uh, night. We were part of like football night. We were at the bar. We were at the market. Um, and so all of those conversations is what informs the site analysis, right? It informs the analysis. And in this community, there's a lot of nostalgia. It's a 60-acre park. They used to have four huge baseball diamonds that would bring league play, and the bars would be packed after the games, right? Those fields fall into disarray. The leagues leave, economic downturn, right? The neighborhood's also aged. So do we put those ball fields back for an audience that may not actually be there anymore, mm -hmm. right? Do we live out nostalgia or do we also think about, right? Do we think about what our future generation is going to need over the next 20 years? And maybe Pickleball. right. Yes. We have heard that not from the neighborhood, but we've heard it from league play, right? Sure. So those are the types of, you know, chatting with people at the bar. Well, what do you think about pickleball? Right. Is that something that's valuable to the community? Right. Like what would be. Now, what we do see is everybody's walking, but we don't, we have very limited walking infrastructure. Right. Right. So is walking really the direction that the park should go? Or are we reliving some glory days with baseball fields? Right. So how do we reconcile that? And we don't know yet. That's the question now that we'll bring back to the community and, and have them really be intricate parts of what is the cost of nostalgia and what is the cost of not serving us today for them to find their aha, right? right? It's not about us bringing concepts for them to go, I like this one or I don't like this one. They've got to generate it from in here. Fascinating. I, it really does uh, bring incredible enlightenment to a process that I really thought was only done one way. Mm. And to think outside of the box, and I know that term is so overused, but to really get outside of the norms of how we communicate oh. to the community and where we go to find them. I think really, you're really onto something here, Joy, mm -hmm. with regard, not just to the community scoping, but communications in general, yeah. coming down to where people are, making it fun, going into communities to find those diverse enclaves mm -hmm. and getting folks together to solve problems. I just love that. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put your contact information down in the uh, in the description. Is there anything else that my listeners need to know about uh, the process of talking with you? Yes. So I would say to for your for the listeners, right? Don't get in your own head about this is going to take so much relearning. It's going to change the way I do things. And I've got a certain process and I follow it. Right. This is really intended to work into the process that you normally have, right? You have a pre-meeting, you have a out there first meeting, right? And usually you would bring them some design ideas. You're going to do that a little bit later. Um, but don't get in your own way about seeing how even one small little piece of playing could really change the trajectory of your projects, right? Fantastic. So play a little bit, be willing to play just a little bit, and watch what happens in your meetings. That's a wonderful place to leave it. I want to thank you, Joy, for joining me today. And I want to remind our listeners that NAPF is a membership-based organization. We also have strategic partners like Joy at Place. Um, if you are interested in solving problems for your park foundation or even your park agency, or better yet, the partnership between your park agency and your park foundation, get a hold of us over here at the NAPF. We've been doing this for a long time. We know people like Joy. We know other folks out there in the communities that can help solve problems, build bandwidth, and make your park foundation the very best it can be. And again, thank you, Joy, for joining me on the Foundation of Park People podcast. And we'll see you all later. Thanks for tuning into The Foundation, a Parks People podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at the NAPF to not miss an episode. To help this podcast grow, please like, comment, and share with your friends. Have a great day.